It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The arrival of head coach Sean Payton has energized the Denver Broncos after a disastrous 2022 season. Can he get Russell Wilson on track? And is there enough on this roster for a playoff run? It's Broncos Day, and we're breaking them down from every angle today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins, and we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And, of course, a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Joe... Good morning to you, and good morning to everyone, with the exception of the bozo graphic to graphics person at ESPN who sent the Boston almost did the impossible high-five emoji, no team has come back from 0-3 down in a playoff series. And they still haven't. Did you see that tweet? No. Brother. I didn't see it. Just... The saddest display. The Celtics nearly did the... This is from at SportsCenter. Celtics nearly did the impossible with a high-five emoji and a clover. Hmm. And then the insert tweet is Boston. The Celtics almost became the first team in NBA history to overcome an 0-3 series deficit. 0-151. Losing by 19 at home doesn't feel like... Almost game seven, yeah. doing anything. Should, yeah, should have lost in game six, but you know, it's neither here nor there. Hate so, to good morning it. to everybody, except for whoever thought was like, yeah, we have this stigma of being totally radically biased for Boston sports. Let's go ahead and send that congratulatory tweet. Maybe they'll hang a banner at TD Garden for forced to game seven in the 2023 Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, only, only the Colts would do that, right? AFC finalists, right? Yeah. That's a real thing that's happened. It's really there, right? That that banner is really there. Um, okay. <laughs> well, welcome, uh, Broncos country. Welcome. Um, yeah, I, I can't country. imagine there were too many Colts fans who transplanted with Peyton when he left for Denver. So I don't think we've insulted anybody. Oh, I'm sure there. I, I'm sure there are. I mean, how many? How many? Uh, like Brady fans went to Tampa? Like that? That happened. You think sure. so? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure of it. There are Broncos fans. Apologies to the Broncos fans who tuned in who are actually just Peyton Manning fans who follow Peyton and the Broncos and are upset (laughs) that we made fun of the AFC. You know, Peyton does a lot of he does a lot of like promo stuff with Denver, right? Like, wasn't he on? He's Mm -hmm. been on like their schedule release. Wouldn't you feel some type of way about that if you're a Colts fan? I would. Like constantly. If you were Peyton Manning and you were ready to keep playing, wouldn't you feel some type of way about being dismissed? Surely. 
Surely, but I, I'm just saying if I were a Colts fan, I would not the like The cold that. dagger of truth cuts both ways, right? Yeah. Yeah, listen, so, I saw Bruce Smith play for the Washington. I saw Thurman Thomas in a Dolphins jersey. And he said know. the only reason he picked the Dolphins was to play the Bills twice. Yeah, yeah, it's real stuff, so. And we, we got Brandon Shell now, you know, to go with Trent Sherfield. Right. You know, it's it's right. the circle continues. All right, let's talk circle about the Denver, in the NFL. <laughs> Denver Broncos. Um, for those of you who may be new to the series, what we've done is we've stu- taken a day. We study the entire football team. We watch the film. We categorize every single player on the roster in to different buckets. And what we're going to do is talk about the offense, the defense, and then Kyle and I individually did the research and we put them into buckets and we have some players that we have to come to consensus on that we didn't see them exactly the same way, at least when we did it independently. So that's coming up in segment three. But Kyle, Denver Broncos offense, Sean Payton is here. Russell Wilson, a big investment there, a disastrous first year in Denver, but I think a lot of hope for what he can do uh, in year two with a much improved coaching staff. We would presume with Sean Payton taking over for Nathaniel Hackett. The floor is yours to start talking about this Broncos offense. Yeah, so let's – I think this this conversation has to start with coaching. Um, just a super disjointed effort Ooh, all around. Good word. good word choice. This football team last year – I'm watching – I watched the first game against Seattle. I watched the last game against the Chargers, and then I watched a game against the Chiefs, and then I watched uh, the first game against the Raiders were the games that I watched. So, <laughs> offensively, you, you're, you're going no huddle in the opener against Seattle, and Russ is trying to call a play at the line of scrimmage, and nobody can hear him, and they just run a play. There's a real lack of consistency with... Russ himself and his execution, I think there's a lot of stuff we could get into with Russell Wilson versus uh, what he was in Seattle, who he was last year, what you're hoping he can be this year with Sean Payton. And I think that's obviously such a critical component of of the success of this team this, this year. But I look at the talent that they had last year and recognizing that there were some players that were hurt. Javante Williams got hurt. Tim Patrick got hurt. Uh, Garrett Bowles got hurt. I understand you had some players that went down and missed some time. The talent on this roster was much better than what they showcased offensively last year. And for me, the number one culprit of that was just, there's no rhyme or reason why we're doing half the stuff we're doing offensively. It was painfully obvious to me. Yeah, our last two teams teams were the Patriots and Broncos, right? And what a what a, <laughs> a succession of, of offensive struggles uh, those two studies were. Um, I think that's a great place to start the conversation, and and you would think Sean Payton would be able to really stabilize all of that. Um, What I really like about the makeup of this offensive roster is is how we've reestablished this offensive line. You know, there's been injuries for it. Uh, They've had a lot of, I mean, just a ton of issues at right tackle, right, year over year, just injuries, players not panning out, um, failed signings, and then they go out and get Mike McGlinchey. They paid him quite a bit of money, but – you know, at least there's a there's a baseline there that you feel comfortable with, and I'd say the same thing about Ben Powers, who comes over uh, to be one of the starting guards, to go with Garrett Bowles, who's one of your best players, to go with Lloyd Cushenberry, who's a developing young center, and of course Quinn Miners, who's been really promising at guard. It was good last and year. So I think the floor, yeah, really good moments for sure. 
the floor of this offensive line um, with the additions of Powers and McGlinchey looks a lot better than it has in a while, in my opinion. I guess my question for you is, is this, uh, because I agree. I think drops aside, Jerry Judy is on the cusp of a breakout. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, it feel, feels like the skill set is all there. Obviously, Mims is a vertical component that you're adding to this with a bigger-bodied vertical guy like Horton Sutton, who can be more of an X and, and a possession receiver in the middle of the field if you need to. Uh, Greg Dulcich, the tight end, was very promising once he came into the lineup in the second half of the year as well. I look at the offensive line, and I think about specifically Ben Powers. And my question for you is, is Ben Powers X million dollars more of an upgrade over Dalton Risner? Has Risner signed anywhere yet? Not yet. I think with Ben Powers, if you get anything, you get some of the, the injury stuff with Dalton Risner had seemingly been problematic, where I don't know that that's been there with Powers. And we don't know what Risner has signed for yet, but they gave Powers the bag, right? That means over for thirteen sure. million. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I think we probably thought of Risner when we started free agency as somebody who could flirt with ten. I mean, it's going to be June before he signs. I think it's, it's unlikely be a one, he touches that one three to five million dollar year. Yeah, maybe some incentives. A, a, a one year three to five million dollar contract is what I bet he signs for. I think if you want to look at it through that lens, you I, you can certainly be critical. Um, but if he winds up being a reliable starter every single week, I mean, that's something that they need. Uh, but I think there's right. a fair point to be made there. So the other place I want to go is this. Uh, I like Ben Powers. I gave him a quality starter evaluation. I was just surprised at the dollar amount versus what the rest of the interior looked like last year for Denver. I didn't think Ben Powers was like a head and shoulders upgrade that you would pay that kind of dollars for. I didn't think they were that urgent to get that piece amidst what they have as long as everybody else is healthy. But I like how it fits with McGlinchey. His strength is what? Pushing the run game. Yeah, run run play. Miners, road grader. Yep. Garrett Bowles, super athletic, but can, can get on top of you in a hurry. Ben Powers is a bully in the run game. You're getting Javante Williams back. You brought in Samaji P. Rand to be the bat. Like, we're going to be physical running the ball, right? And what I get excited about for that is the ability to run the ball physically. And they, they have low-key remodeled this entire tight end room, too. I mean, Dulcich, and then they, they brought in Manhurts and Troutman. They traded for Troutman during draft weekend, and Manhurts is a blockering type. They're going to be really physical in the box, and I think they need to be because I felt last year was the worst-case scenario for Russell Wilson with what people wanted for a really long time for Russ to be versus what Seattle kind of felt Russ actually was and how they handled and coached him. A whole let Russ cook thing and people getting frustrated on how much they ran the ball. And then they got away from that last year and it was not good. It's like some sometimes the, de- the devil you know is better than the devil that you don't. And I would rather Russell Wilson be a quarterback who's handcuffed a little bit by being a quarterback on a runner, a more run-heavy volume offense than just unquestioning giving him the keys to the car and we're going to throw the ball 35, 38 times a game 
because you saw a lot of missed reads and just plays where Russell's bailing out of pockets and, and trying to make too much happen. And like from a, a just a pure fundamental execution standpoint, he could have been a lot better last year on his own in amidst the other litany of issues that this Broncos offense had and how bad the coaching was. There were concepts that were there that he did not execute himself. So I love the fact that the DNA of this offense now between the remake tight end room and the investments that they did make up front and Javante Williams coming back healthy gives you the ability to say, look, we're going to pound the rock. Russ, you're going to complement off of that. The hard pill, I guess, for Broncos fans maybe to swallow off of that is, well, we didn't trade what we traded and paid Russell what we paid him to be a compliment. He kind of goes in that Dak Prescott bucket where Dak's always been best when Dallas runs the ball heavy, too. Mm -hmm. This might be a hot take. I'm not sure it is, but this group of skill players on this offense is probably the deepest that we've ever seen, seen Sean Payton have. I think that's... yeah accurate I really yeah. like Dulcich Kyle I mean what a fun yeah. player he he emerged as you know like he got to his tape at UCLA you saw him at the senior bowl and then just very quickly kind of found him, himself in this offense and, and made some big time plays I think there's a nice ceiling there for him to develop into but that's just scratching the surface you mentioned Javante Williams the really good complimentary piece in Samaj P. Ryan who can run it he can catch it he can block Sutton Judy, Patrick's healthy, Marvin Mims, Kendall Hilton's been a nice depth player, Hamler has speed, Callaway knows the system. I mean, this um this looks good. This looks good on paper. I mean, it's just Callaway's been together. No worse than what? Wide receiver three when he's been with Sean? Seems like it, yeah. Yeah. A so, lot of, of high level moments there too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we will shift gears to the defense here in just a moment, but first need to tell you about Bill Bar. You know, I just ate one right here. The uh, the birthday cake puff just had one before we started. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want a bunch of sugar and calories, well, check out the best tasting protein bars on the planet, and that's a Built Bar. You got to try this. Trust me on this. They're healthy. They're delicious. They're delicious because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in great flavors like birthday cake, like churro, like brownie batter, and they're uh, like eating a candy bar, but they're good for you, like we mentioned. In fact, I'll tell you that this Built Bar right here that I just ate um, has... 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and only 6 grams of sugar. You can't beat that. Check them out. Go to Built.com. Use our promo code LOCKDOWN15. That'll get you 15% off of your next order. Or you can also head on over to your local Walmart or Sam's Club, pick up a box off the shelf, and try them. And if you do, we got a feeling you're going to thank us later. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Defensively, Joe, you gave me the ball first last time, and I ran with it. So I'm going to let you have the ball here to go wherever you want to go defensively for the Denver Broncos. I normally want to start with the front, but I don't for Denver because I I feel like I'm excited about their back end. I really – Pat Sertain, right? 
Um, spoiler, spoiler alert, we both have him as a roster cornerstone, right? Very quickly emerging as one of the best corners in the entire NFL. But you got another franchise cornerstone in Justin Simmons, who's an absolute stud at safety. Um, Kareem Jackson feels ageless to me, right? I mean, not, not that he's everything he was four or five years ago, but there's still that ability to trigger and tackle right. that is is really, really outstanding. And um, he's played a lot of football for a number of years. And, um, you know, Caden Stearns behind him has gotten some opportunity and looks good. And I just feel good about the safety position. But I think the 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 guy here in this secondary that really caught my eye in a positive way, especially for the in-season growth, was a rookie from last year, and that's Tamari Mathis, um, who, you know, I'm, I, I think he's going to be a nice starter opposite of Sertain for this for this defense, and I, I really enjoyed his development last year, um, especially kind of struggled his first taste of action, tough situation, uh, but stabilized his play quite a bit. And so, I've um, uh, got a lot to say about the rest of the unit, but with it being the first talking point, what I wanted to get into, I really like the secondary. And not to sleep on Quan Williams either. Nice slot, yeah. I think as a nickel nickel player. So, I mean, between Caden Stearns and Kareem Jackson, you have three safety with Justin Simmons that you can run with. And then when you're going to go want to go coverage, Quan Williams can be a really effective player. So, uh, I agree. I, I think the, the makeup of the back end is, is pretty nice, and it's just going to be a question of, you know, how much more growth do we see from Mathis and Stearns this season upcoming – that's going to determine the ceiling of the group. But anytime you got two cornerstones in one unit, you're in good shape. Especially a guy like Sertain. Uh, we talk about math changers. And because you have Sertain, you can ask him to play man coverage and zone it up with the rest of your guys. And that really means a lot for how you can space the field. Um, and so I think Sertain's at that level now where he can do that and really improve your spacing on defense. Yeah, just put him on the backside, right? Turn it into 10 on 10 and to only have two thirds of the field to work with. And know that he, he has that kind of lockdown ability and the instincts are really, really good. And and you feel like he's got enough between technique and once his hips are flipped and, and he's carrying you, you're not super afraid of him getting beat vertically without having vertical help over top of him. So that, that really changes things because now the box counts different. You can roll Kareem Jackson down lower to the box and, and, not feel like you have to go split safeties and, and Simmons can kind of cheat over top and Mathis can be a little bit uh, more uh, instinctive, I guess, or or aggressive knowing that he has vertical help over the top of him. So, yeah, that, that trickle-down effect will be good for run support for Denver and oh, for the young corner on the other side. So looking at this front seven, I'm excited about Baron Browning. And I know that we were both really high on him coming out, but to see how they're starting to deploy him uh, playing as a rush player, uh, playing in space and coverage, like I feel like they're utilizing him to his strengths, and I think he's got a chance to be a really dynamic playmaker for this defense. And they need him to be because, I've, I've, I mean, I have some questions about the pass rush here. I mean, Randy Gregory, I think there's some exciting moments there, but – consistency has been a major issue. I mean, he's played over 500 snaps in a season one time in his entire career. It's like 517. Nick Benito, a young player. Like, I mean, I, they need for Browning and Gregory to really make it happen off the edge. Gregory was really good in the first month of the season though. And then I think that's all he played. Well, no, he, he came back and played 34 snaps in weeks 14 and 15. 
The guy's just Listen, availability for whatever reason. It's just if, it's an issue with him. If he's, he's thirty-one a, years old, if he's available, he's never been available. So if, if, if he's available, based off what he's shown in the front half of the season, I think he's really. Good. And I I don't think we should gloss over Jonathan Cooper from Ohio State either. Nice depth player. Yeah. He's become a really nice complimentary rusher as a stand-up rush player for them. Toolsy too. Yeah, good burst. Uh, a little bit more condensed. Not not as long as as. Browning, Benito, or Gregory, but um, he's somebody who's who showcased nice fluidity and then a nice little complement of power to, to to come back off of that. So obviously, this team is banking on Browning and Benito taking steps because they traded Bradley Chubb at the trade deadline, and that was a, a big transition. And you know, Browning had high flash moments. Gregory, when he's healthy, looked phenomenal. Uh, Cooper's had high flash moments, so I think this is a largely young group that I, I think there's enough competitiveness here, and I think there's enough talent here where I I actually like this group. I don't like it like I like the secondary, but I, I like this group nonetheless. I actually have more questions about the interior defensively for Denver. For me, it's DJ Jones, and like they lost a lot of bodies out of this front from last year. Mm-hmm. And I got some questions about the depth that you have like Mike Purcell's a fine player, but I don't think you're excited about him taking a bunch of snaps. And Henningsen, as a second-year player, was always a little bit of a developmental toolsy type player. Um, Zach Allen I like, but I don't like him for what you paid for him. It's kind of the same boat with their three prize free agent additions. But that's the cost of doing business in, in the world of free agency, right? Is You're going to pay 20% over market just because they're on the open market. I'm glad you got into that because I think that's one of my criticisms towards the makeup of this roster. When you look at I'll, – I'll, I'll give you a bunch of players here. Zach Allen, Randy Gregory, Ben Powers, Mike McGlinchey. Four contracts, four of your biggest contracts. I don't think those are good value contracts at all. And you have a lot tied up in those players. Can can I put Bradley Chubb back on the board here and say, would you rather have Bradley Chubb and not have one of these players, or would you rather have the first round pick? Yeah, I'd rather have Chubb and and not have Chubb. No, I'd rather to free have the Chubb. money to 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 bring these players in. I would rather have Chubb over Zach Allen or well, Randy. And Brandon. then, they, but then they use the first round pick for Sean Payton. It's, I would have done business differently. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, like, look at their biggest contracts. Russ Wilson. All right, you're gonna make. Me, I'm gonna float around and produce. Mike McGlinchey, Garrett Bowles. Like, okay, good one there. Justin Simmons. All right, we can vibe with that. Zach Allen, Cortland Sutton. I mean, Cortland Sutton's had like one big year. Don't, uh, no Cortland Sutton slander allowed, please. I loved him coming out, but I wish there was more to show there. Tim Patrick, DJ Jones is a ten million dollar a player. Like, those are your ten million plus per players. From a cap perspective. Yes, average annual value. Oh, I'm just looking at this year's cap hits. This year's cap hits, Russ 22, Cortland Sutton 18-2, Simmons 18-1, Garrett Bowles 17-8, Gregory 16, DJ Jones 13, Tim Patrick 11. Man, they really put the bunny on the back on the McGlinchey deal, didn't they? Um, His cap hit this year is $6 million. Yeah, this is it's a they're they're tied up for three years there for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, the the good news is I mean they have they have a pretty talented football team. I just I think there's some 
missed opportunities with some of the contracts they've handed out over the last few years and some of the investments that they've made in resources that, uh, you know, as they got to be right on some of this stuff to, for, for this to work out. I mean, especially in a very competitive division and a very competitive conference. Well, let's, let's give them their flowers then still. Um, for them to end up getting back Cam Fleming on a one-year $3 million deal with incentives, I think was a tremendous ad for them because I had big-time questions about the tackle depth. And I don't love the depth in general of the offensive line, but to get Cam Fleming back, and that happened like last week, on a one-year three-plus conditions, I, I think is a really, really nice development for them because I think he could probably be a utility guy who swings all over the place and gives you a sixth guy you feel really good about. So that's a that's an interesting pivot. We 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 started talking defense, we got into contracts and now we're back to offensive line. Okay. Let, let's the Broncos rookie defender who makes the biggest impact this season is blank. You'd think maybe Drew Sanders, but I feel like Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton are sort of stable players in front of them, but I would want to tap into Drew Sanders and, and that athleticism that he brings, uh, which I think is is more than Jewell and Singleton and, and see what I can get out of him. I'll go with Drew Sanders. And they, they last year with Averro did quite a few overload fronts where they mug both of those guys up into inter- interior gaps. Mm-hmm. And they're more often than not, they drop those guys out of there. But to have a player like Sanders, who uh, I think the low-hanging fruit was to look at what they've had success with with Baron Browning, but I look at the third down and long stuff that they did with Singleton and Jewel last year where they mugged them up and overloaded three guys on the other side of the center, and you're going to turn the center and, and you're going to ask a back to pick up one of those players. Well, now if that player that actually comes is Drew Sanders through the A-gap away from the center turn – I think he could have a lot of success as a stack linebacker who's actually a third down linebacker who's rushing A-gaps if Vance Joseph carries over some of those same concepts that the Broncos used last year with these players. So um, I'd be inclined to agree with you. I think Sanders is probably the best aligned. Uh, I do think Riley Moss is probably your third outside corner. Uh, So if Mathis doesn't, it takes a step back, or if Sertain or Mathis gets banged up, I, I think Moss would come in um, and would be much better served on the outside than in the slot. So I think there's a pathway for Riley to be an impactful player, but I think Sanders as a role player, particularly on third downs with what they did with these guys last year, I think you get a more dynamic version of that uh, with, with Drew Sanders. Are we ready to come to consensus here as we continue this conversation? Yeah, we got some big ones. So we're, uh, we're going to put our brains together and see if we can't come to consensus on our discrepancies here as we bring this episode of Locked on NFL Scouting to a close. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jill, I'll go ahead and put up the uh, depth chart for everybody to assess. We have 
three players, correct? Uh, Powers, Sutton, and Gregory? And Gregory. I'm going to be honest. I don't feel very good about my leverage in two of these three. <laughs> I I feel good about I felt I, pretty good coming into this, so I bet you do. I bet you do. Uh where do you want to start? Uh where wherever you do. Wherever you do. Well, I feel like my best case is Ben Powers. So let's start with Ben Powers. Okay, that's probably the one that I'm willing. Okay, all right. I think it's a good good spot to come from. Okay, so Ben Powers the last two seasons has been starting guard for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, was kind of a half starter in 2020, hardly played his rookie season in 2019. He's played uh, over 1,900 snaps the last two seasons for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the power is plenty evident. He's 6'4", 3'10", coming out of Oklahoma. He was part of that rock-solid offensive line that played with Kyler, right, and, and had all those studs on it with Creed Humphrey and um, I just think there is a baseline level of protection that we have seen. And I, I do think he is a quality, quality run blocker. So if I put those two pieces of the puzzle together, I say, I think he's adequate as a pass protector, but I think his, he's, he really hangs his hat in run blocking. I would give him quality starter tag. I think he's a, I think he's a sufficient starter. I, I gave him an adequate starter grade. Um, I, I I don't know if he's a high-impact starter, though. I think he's good. Is he a great player? I think that's where I came in and had questions about it. Okay. They're he doesn't have to like be a great. If he doesn't have to be a great player. He just needs to be a quality starter. I don't know, man. I think, it, like, he got 13 per. I thought he was probably in line to get about half of that. Mm. If you told me he got 10, I wouldn't have been surprised. Because of free did, agency. But, like, he really is probably a 7 or $8 million a year guard. Did you think he was going to get more or less than Risner before it started? I thought it was going to be very close. I thought Risner was going to get more. Okay. Um. Hey, can I give you a pivot real quick while we're while we're doing this for any Broncos fans that are watching on YouTube and they're looking at the death chart? I had a, a name that I wanted to ask you about, Joe. Mm-hmm. If Quinn Miners plays the way he did last year again this year, and we do this exercise next summer, is he a blue for you? Yeah, he'll be blue. Yes. I thought about it now. I did. Likewise. Just kind of want to see one more one more year of really good play, but Quinn Miners right now graded as a, a adequate starter, but the arrow is pointed up on him big time. Uh, I, I really, really like this team. I, I'm going to, I'm going to meet you on powers because I don't think that's going to be true for the next two. I'm inclined to agree with you, but that's fine. I get your argument for Randy Gregory. Let's go to Randy Gregory. Okay. Your argument is he's never available. He's not playing a lot of snaps. Correct. And he's 30, he's going to be 31 years old this year. But my question is, but what about when he is available? Give him the blue. Hey, he's the most snaps he's ever played in the season is five twenty-two, and that's twenty eighteen. In fact, he's only had one four seventy-sevens, the next highest, and then he's never played more than two seventy. I just, if you told me you get sixteen or seventeen games out of him, 
put the blue label on. I well, just have too big of a sample size of that. Not he's happening. played more than twelve once. <laughs> was that was that his uh, five? Was that twenty eighteen? Yes. Yeah. And you know what? He was awesome that year. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not debating when he's on the field. He's a nice player. And they're, I mean, they're paying him handsomely. Five years, $70 million deal. Have the, have there been any other examples of this in this exercise for us? Where that, like, we have, that we have deducted a player because of availability and not because of skill. I'm just making sure that we're focused on the right things if we're going to do this because I, I get your point. Okay, well, I get your point too, right? I get that. I can understand that. All right, well, let's do the thing. You met me on Ben Powers. I'll meet you on Randy Gregory. We'll put him in as an adequate starter. And let's hope if that he plays. Field, he's a clue. Right. Yes, let's, let's right. hope he plays a lot. Okay, which brings us to Cortland Sutton's our last guy. Okay. I like Cortland Sutton a lot. I, mean, I like Cortland a lot. I do a lot, too. a lot. I like him a ton. I the impact is questionable. I, you could tie a lot of that to quarterback play. He had eleven hundred yards in twenty nineteen, and never more than eight twenty nine in any other season. What? And like the touchdown totals aren't super high either. Fourteen for his entire career. Again, I think a lot of that's on the quarterback. I think a ton of it's on the quarterback. Does he, okay, wait, wait, I might talk myself into this. The impact that he's capable of making is that of a quality starter. I can't hold this against him. It's not his fault that he's had, like, the crappiest quarterbacks ever. Okay, I'll come up on this. I, I'll come up on this. He's still young, 27 years old. I'll come up. Right. So, And, and you're obviously – you're hoping that now that he is two years removed, I guess three years removed from that, rehab for in 2020 right when he went down in the first game yeah that was um, 20 yep that you'll you the shelf life that he has to be at his physical peak is dwindling but you hope that you get it this year because he's never really been like a big time separation guy i know i know he's a little bit more limited as far as like a route runner he's more of a big body down the field not great separator but I mean, he, he did have almost three yards average separation on targets last year, according to next gen stats. Well, I think, I think a lot about, um, and I don't want to get too crazy with this, but I think about how Sean Payton was able to maximize Michael Thomas. And oh, okay. I, I, Cor- yeah. Cor- I, see, I see where you're going though. Yeah. I mean, he can heat him up for sure with that. Okay. So if there's anybody that is concerned about separation for Cortland Sutton, can I give you some names? Sure. These are names that Cortland Sutton had more average separation per target than in 2022. Are you ready for these names? Got a feeling they're going to be pretty good. Okay. So we have, I'm going to skip the first five because they're objectively bad players and we know that. Uh, DK Metcalf, 2.3 versus Cortland Sutton's 2.7. George Pickens, 2.4, versus Cortland Sutton's 2.7. Michael Gallup, another player coming off of a rehab from an injury, 2.4 versus 2.7. Here's where it gets interesting. Joe, you ready? Mm-hmm. 
I, here, I'm going to take the big board, or the board off. I want your, I want to see your reaction to these on YouTube. Amari Cooper. Yeah, you wouldn't expect that. 2.5 for Amari versus 2.7 for Cortland Sutton. Terry McLaurin. <laughs> okay. 2.5 versus Cortland Sutton's 2.7. T. Higgins. 2.5 versus Cortland Sutton's 2.7. Uh, rookie Drake London, top 10 pick. 2.5 as well. Mike Evans, 2.6 versus Cortland Sutton's 2.7. Uh, Jamar Chase, 2.6 versus Cortland Sutton's 2.7. And Garrett Wilson, 2.6 versus Cortland Sutton's 2.7. Average yards of separation per target. I think you have uh, proven a point here, sir. And his average targeted air yards downfield is is 12. Well, that's a top 20 number in the NFL amongst qualifying players. Now it's it's not that of Buffalo Bills legend Gabe Davis in almost 19 or 16 yards downfield average air yards per target. But this is a down the field target player who's who's getting sufficient separation and, and getting out separation versus some players that you have seen a lot of success with that I think if Cortland had better quarterback play it would probably be better reflective of. All right, put the blue on him and let's move on. Okay, that's it. That's all the consensus we need to come to. It's all the players. I'll put the board back up. Any parting thoughts on the Denver Broncos? Um, well, so we got to do the thing where we where I'm going to ask you, Kyle, is the Denver Broncos roster a better team right now than it was coming out of 2022? <sighs> yes. I think the young guys in the secondary – and in your pass rush group, having another year of experience is helpful. I think the offensive line is better. I think the remade tight end room is better. You're healthier on the offensive side of the ball. And you have better coaching, which is not tied to the roster, but nevertheless is going to be very important for the Broncos. So I'll say yes. Well, but what did they lose? I mean, I, they lost uh, Draymond Jones. Is that, I mean, like, what are the big Dray- subtractions here? Draymond Jones, um, Dalton Risner. Melvin Gordon. Who cares? I'd rather have some AJP Ryan. Right. I mean that that they're healthy, they're better coached. Oh, like I, Ron Darby. Yeah. I, this, this is a better football team than it was last year. I agree. Now they um, need a kicker. Yeah, they literally don't have one at all. <laughs> what was so what like okay, I don't understand that trade at all, right? Riley Patterson's perfectly good kicker for the Jaguars last year, right? Like a young, right. reasonably good good kicker, two years of it too. Right. They trade for Brandon McManus and send Patterson to the Lions? Yeah. I don't like what happened there? I don't know. How does something like that go down? You I don't know. What know. I mean? I don't know. We'll or find some- out. They said, you know what? We'll just we'll figure we'll figure it out a kicker. Yeah, we'll, we'll just bring else. a bunch of guys in. Yeah, we'll do the uh, <laughs> dude, we'll do the Matt Nagy. So we'll do the Matt Nagy thing, not- and just bring ten guys in for tryouts and camp. And put every one of them and have them kick <laughs> kick the field goal that our kicker missed last year Man. in the playoffs. It cost us a game. Don't mess. You got a kicker. Don't mess around with that. You know. Right. Yeah. Ain't broke. Don't fix it with kickers. Right. The whole thing. All right. Here. We're we're out of here. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino. Uh, we're the Draft Dudes. We appreciate you guys checking out the show. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this conversation on the Denver Broncos. We're going to start steamrolling these teams. We're getting close to halfway through the league. Uh, we're going to pedal the metal. Packers, Packers tomorrow. Packers. That could be a good one. So hit subscribe. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We hope to see you then. 
Thanks for checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your Tuesday. See you tomorrow. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.